Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work and in your community. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, everyone who's joined us today. This is the first of the Kindness Can support group, uh, the events that have unfolded in KZNN and Gauteng over the last, what's coming up to a week now, have just been so hard to watch, so hard to experience. Uh, and Kindness Can just really wants to make a space to talk through the emotional experience of that uh, as a way of acknowledging those and as a way of trying to process them uh, in as healthier way, healthiest way that we can. So, yeah, good morning to you, Jane. Good morning, my love. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I think, you know, when we were talking yesterday, you said such powerful words that, you know, we will rise again. And as humans, we jump straight into let's rebuild, let's clean up, let's get moving. But we really just want to hold space and say there's some very big emotions that we need to address before we start rebuilding. I know that we all have different experiences of how the last couple of days have panned out. Um, some more traumatic than others. Um, I was in the Berg. We'd headed off for our annual family holiday. And I woke up on Monday morning to images of my hometown where I grew up or went to school for most of my um, senior schooling burning. Um, and these pictures and footage of anarchy in my hometown have, leave, have left me deeply, deeply traumatized. Mm. Um, I think being away from the action and knowing that my folks were in Hillcrest and worrying for their safety deeply traumatized me. Seeing businesses of friends that have worked day in and day out to provide from their families, lost their first half of their business during COVID and then came back and got smashed second half through the looting. Deeply, deeply traumatized. So when people from overseas say to me, how are you doing? The words that keep coming up are, I feel deeply traumatized. Mm. And in this trauma, I feel like one minute I'm fine and I'm powerful and I'm helping people on the ground get food to places that it needs to go. And the next minute I'm angry and then I'm in a state of disbelief and then I'm sad. So there are just so many things that I'm personally, like I know we all are trying to navigate on this extremely fast paced roller coaster. Yeah. I think trauma is of course not a word to be used lightly, but I a hundred percent agree with you, Jane. It's, it's the right word to be using in this moment. Uh, we define trauma as real uh, or imagined threat of life. Uh, it's the state that our brain and our body go into when we are, when we are threatened. Um, and it activates a very specific uh, psychobiological process in us. And I think you're quite right. Uh, and I see people commenting that they feel that, that that same roller coaster of emotions that you are describing there. Trauma is characterized by a range of different feelings that, that come and go. Uh, feelings that can, ra- can range from anger uh, to fear uh, to deep, deep sadness, denial, uh, disbelief. Um, so I think for all of us at the moment, and this is why this conversation is so important and these kinds of conversations are so important, it's so important for us to be checking in all the time with where we are at emotionally, 
and, and all the different emotions that we might be experiencing. And I think as we set out on that journey of being open to those emotions and wanting to attend to them in healthy ways, it's really important to depart from the point of view that I'm not going to judge those feelings, that I'm going to be open to them and that I'm going to accept them and I'm going to hold them uh, with full compassion and care in this moment. Uh, you know, there's nothing, you mean, I get so excited when I see people going out there and taking their feelings and turning it into positive action, like cleaning up uh, and getting excited and hopeful again. And I, and I think there's totally space for that right now. And it's wonderful. Uh, but we've got to be careful. We don't just skip straight to that uh, in the process of doing that or alongside that. We also have to be checking in all the time with the, the hard emotions. You know, hope is, hope is a lovely feeling to connect with. It's, it's exciting and it's energizing and it's wonderful. So when you connect with your hope, run with it by, by all means. Uh, at the same time, when you are down, or when you are scared uh, or when you are shocked, when you are finding it hard to concentrate and put one foot in front of the other, don't judge uh, or berate or become impatient with that feeling. Slow down, uh, acknowledge it, and be there with it. Mm. So let's talk about some practical ways to deal with trauma, because I know that sometimes trauma wants to take us out of our routine. Um, it wants to allow us to stay up way over bedtime on social media, reading news reports, looking at footage of the day, mulling over it, ruminating over it. Someone once said, it's like push, pushing the bruise. I find myself all week pushing the bruise. I know that it's not good for me. I, I go to bed, my adrenaline's running through me. I can feel my heartbeat and my chest cavity, but I go to the phone. Um, so what can we do as far as putting an infrastructure in place that will help us navigate this trauma? Well, I, I think what's always nice is you know, put out a piece of paper and at the top of that piece of paper, write what is going to be my safety plan uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and on that safety plan, I want you to jot down and things will come to you over the course of this experience. Good ideas, things that do and don't work for you. But I want you to keep a note of things that are useful for you to be doing right now and things that are not useful for you right now. And that might vary from person to person. But take the time as you set out on this journey to write yourself a recipe, if you like. Certain things that you're going to be conscious of doing over the next couple of weeks to support yourself. Because these emotions are very normal. They are to be expected. Um, so the fact that you're having them doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. In fact, the opposite. It means there's something right with you in this moment. But we've got to attend to them. We've got to make space for them and support ourselves through them. And, and you have so much wisdom inside of you. You have so many experiences where you have, you have already pushed through that have prepared you for this moment. So, so draw on that wisdom in this moment, but be conscious of drawing on that wisdom. So writing that recipe down for you is a really good idea. I think also I said something earlier that when you set out on this journey, not to be impatient with yourself or your feelings. I think that's a, that's a really good framework to, to depart from and to remind yourself that feelings come and feelings go. The way that you are feeling now is not the way that you are always going to feel about this. We sometimes panic in these moments that this might be it. I might feel like this forever. 
Uh, and, mm-hmm. I, and that causes a lot of anxiety for me when I connect uh, with feelings that are uncomfortable to hold with. I start to panic. What if I feel like this forever? Keep reminding yourself, mm-hmm. feelings come and go. You won't feel like this forever. So long as we are putting mm-hmm. those healthy support uh, plans and structures in place for you. We know with trauma that with time, uh, over the next couple of months, these feelings will change in their level of intensity for you, the amount that they come to you. So, so hold on to that as a, as a form of, of encouragement. Yeah, I mean, definitely how I felt today compared to how I felt on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, the trauma feels like it's, it's running through me, whereas before it felt like it was just me. I was run by trauma. Now, of course, it opens up spaces and we'll chat about these feelings and words over the next couple of days, you know, the sadness, the anger, the disbelief. Um, I definitely operate from a place of hopefulness. Um, the helplessness was what was making me feel even more um, bogged down, you know, driving through from the Berg, which was quite scary. You know, we were, we were in the Berg and we were there. My folks were in Hillcrest watching it from afar, watching TV, watching the news, trying to shield my children, our children from the reality of what was going on um, was also extremely difficult. And when we woke up yesterday morning to leave the Berg, we we're like, flip, are we going to get home? Okay. You know, again, our brain, a hyper alert, like this is danger. You're going to be driving on roads and what will happen and what will happen and what will happen, trying to kind of foresee the uncertainty and driving through these little towns and seeing ordinary people doing extraordinary things was just the most incredible feeling. I drove into my community and the roads were just lined with everyday people. And for me, that has just offset my trauma. It has just that hope is so alive in me. I believe more than ever, yes, we will rise again. And it's going to be so tough. The groundwork that we're doing now is immense and it's intense. But again, that roller coaster, I'm going to be great now for half an hour. And then it's probably going to hit me like a slap in the face where we're at. When I say to my kids this morning, please go easy on the milk. I don't know where we're going to get more milk from at this stage. We'll be cool. And my son says to me, you may be over exaggerating <laughs> so there's that thin line between exposing them to listen Bru, I'm, I'm not caring for iron milk so that you can get milk for your cocoa pops you know what i'm talking about um there is this is very real um but also navigating their trauma you know my eight-year-old on wednesday night went to bed and she said to me i feel so sad for the brokenheartedness of the world yeah and that's very real that's very real stuff Sure. So I think for our kids for a second, it's always important to remember that children feel all the same feelings as adults. So what you are experiencing now, they are experiencing too. Uh, And I know as a parent or as the adults in the room to hear that can feel a little bit overwhelming. Uh, Take a deep breath. Uh, Once again, you have so much wisdom, so many tools inside of you that you are going to use over the next couple of weeks to help your kids through this. Um, But be conscious of that. So although children have all the same feelings as adults, uh, they don't often always have the same words uh, to label or to describe uh, or the same tools to be able to process those. So we really, really have to help them. A big way uh, that we help them, of course, is by role modeling different coping strategies. So that safety plan that I was talking about earlier, the things that you are going to put on there, the do's and the don'ts, you're going to do those in front of your kids. You're going to do those with your kids. 
as a way of guiding them through this moment. Jane, to take a few steps back, you were talking about being hyper alert. We know in the early stages of of trauma, uh, and I spoke about how your brain and your body, when they are confronted by traumatic incidences or scenes. uh, So for many of us, we might not have been on the ground, okay, and experienced the trauma firsthand, but by watching it on the screen, Uh, or being in your homes and anticipating uh, that danger around you is equally uh, traumatic. So your brain in that moment has gone into a very hyper-vigilant state. Uh, It's released a whole lot of chemicals which have gone into your body, uh, which have made your body feel very hyper-vigilant in this moment. So it wouldn't be surprising right now if you're feeling jittery uh, or nervous Uh, or certain noises, um, or certain images, or certain smells, okay, cause your brain and your body to to react as if it were happening again. And when that does happen, again, don't judge it. Uh, What I would prefer you to do is to try and slow that moment down. Get back into the driver's seat of your brain's processes, Okay, and talk yourself through that moment in a gentle and affirming way, saying things like, I'm safe now. I am safe here. I'm not there anymore. Uh, And with your kids using compression or holding them or breathing together, using your wonderful mindfulness techniques. Okay, breathing as a way of slowing your brain and body's responses down. Um, separating yourself from the, the, the triggering incident, turning off the TV, getting off social media, going for uh, a walk if that feels safe for you to do, stepping outside, getting some fresh air, getting up and going, making a cup of tea, uh, for example. Anything that can break that trigger response, okay, slow the moment down for you and get you back in the driver's seat where you can talk to your brain and your body saying things like, I am safe in this moment now. Um, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday when we were chatting. I mean, we, we've been on the phone constantly over the last couple of days. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but in one of the really intense stages when we were on the phone together, you walked to the bathroom and you opened the tap and you just stood with your hand under the water. And that sound of water through your tap, imagining your hand under that water, just soothed me. So going back to those things that kind of remind us of a time before that, that bring back all those feelings. So if it is a warm bath, if it is that that companion in that cup of tea, um, really urging you to um, almost um, put them in, they don't come naturally, hey, because we're in such a mode of foreseeing the uncertainty or trying to navigate it through the exhaustion of trying to preempt what's next, that sometimes we, we take away all those comforts and we would rather gravitate towards the thing that's not healthy for us, hey? So that is going onto the social media. Isn't it funny the way that happens that we kind of, we run towards the trauma even further instead of saying, ah, I've had enough of that. I'm going to have a cup of tea. Well, I think that it's important to remember that as much as your brain can go into a hyper alert, hyper vigilant state to protect you, which is very useful in some situations, uh, but not necessarily over and over again after the traumatic incident, you can also activate a compassionate uh, response in your brain. And the way that you do that is by soothing yourself or gravitating to people or activities that soothe you. So when you enter manually Mm. 
into those spaces, you can help your brain move out of, okay, that scary danger zone into a space where it can soothe you. It, it, it has the ability uh, to, to be very compassionate. Uh, so step into it. Again, I go back to that safety plan uh, and writing down things and people uh, that you know soothe you in those moments. You know, mindfulness mm-hmm. techniques tell us, you know, mindfulness is so powerful in moments like this. And mindfulness really is the ability to connect with the here and now as a way of giving your brain and body and self the chance to take a break from worrying about the past uh, and agonizing about the future. So even if you just use your senses to connect with the here and now, take a deep breath uh, and for a moment, look around the room and see what you see and make a note of it or smell what you smell or touch what you can in front of you. We use our senses to get out of all those what ifs, okay, all Mm. those danger thoughts and ground ourselves back in the here and now. And that can be so soothing. Absolutely. So on that safety plan, would you say now more than ever, it's really of paramount importance to run a routine um, a little bit more milit- mil- and a, mi- a little bit more of a militant way? Um, because again, you know, it, it's running through us and we're moving into a different space. The trauma is there, of course, uh, but being very mindful of keeping our brain and our activities in some sort of structure. Well, I think for us and, and for, for, for the kids in your home in particular, a routine um, is predictable. Uh, consistent routines make us feel safe. Uh, so although the world feels very upside down at the moment, uh, and some of your, your normal routines might not be able to, to play out uh, in a normal way, try to stick to them as much as you can. Wake up at the same time. Uh, get up, bath get dressed, have breakfast, then set out on some kind of normal morning routine for yourself, then have a snack or a lunch break, Uh, do the things that you would usually do in in the afternoon, Mm. and then try to follow your evening routine as much as you can. It's very tempting for all of us, okay? And this Mm. is probably the things to add on to your your don'ts on your safety plan. It's very easy to want to gravitate to to things like, uh, I'm going to eat badly. Uh, or I'm going to stay up later than usual, um, or I'm going to allow my kids, okay, to do things because this is a special moment in inverted commas. Uh, and, and that can be quite disruptive and unsettling for all of us. It seems mm. kind of soothing to do those things, but it actually isn't. So trying to stick to your routine as much as you, as much as you can. I mean, I was having a laugh with a friend of mine last night um, because she sent me a voice note saying she's so exhausted that she tried to register for the vaccination and she couldn't remember her ID number. And I was like, oh my gosh, it happened to me. It happened to me. I was sitting on the couch trying to put my ID number in and I actually, I couldn't remember my ID number and had to go into Mike's phone into the special little folder of special folders to find the ID number that I've had for 42 years, which also... (laughs) In these times, like things that have always been so, in inverted commas, easy and second nature, have become difficult. Well, when your brain, uh, we're talking a lot about our brain today, but yeah, so much of trauma is related to the things that are happening in our brain at the moment. If you imagine your brain being on high alert, it's patrolling, uh, it's watching for danger, it's not connecting 
to the parts of your brain which are responsible for memory uh, or rational thinking right now. We've got to be careful of that, of course, um, because it can result in us doing some silly things uh, like forgetting an ID number, which is quite harmless, uh, but it can also result in us doing some irrational things. And we've got to be very conscious of that. And the word that I want to insert in here is being patient with yourself. So when that happens, understanding it for what it is and being patient and forgiving with yourself in that moment, it makes complete sense that my brain is just not connecting with those parts right now. And that is a cue Mm. for the fact that maybe I'm tired uh, and maybe I need to listen to my brain and body in this moment and I need to slow down. I need to sit down. I need to go and lie down. Uh, I need to listen to what it's telling me in this moment. I see coming through in the comments, lots of people talking about just feeling so tired and fatigued at the moment. And that makes perfect sense. So be compassionate with, with that tiredness in the moment, in this moment. And, and so far as you can, let yourself rest. Mm. I mean, this comment just came through that says, I've just found that everything is just too difficult to deal with. Um, Sorry, now something's come up on my computer. Here we go. I found that everything is just too difficult to deal with for months now. Um, I just do not want to be responsible for anything or anybody. And I mean, gosh, Paul, we're sitting in the middle of a deadly pandemic that's been extended and we are in our homes and we can't go out and we're still still talking about how to process that. I mean, my sister, we were laughing again because sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. On my birthday, on whatever day it was this week, she said, so how does it feel to, you know, have a birthday during um, a pandemic and one of the most traumatic historical looting experiences of our lives? I was just like, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, I, I think that for a long time, all of us have been feeling tired by the experience of the world. Uh, and mm. to have this, uh, for the people of KZN and Gauteng, to have this added uh, to our fruit salad at the moment just feels like such a blow. Um, and mm. so to reiterate that there's never been a, a more important time to be patient and compassionate with ourselves and the people around us. Um, So give yourself time in the day to gravitate back to your do's on your safety plan list uh, and to be conscious of the don'ts. At the same time, to be conscious of, uh, yeah, the the, the people around you as well uh, and in your expectations of them, that they probably are feeling many of these things also. Mm. Um, You know, I think talking to, to celebrate Uh, And to laugh, we can sometimes feel quite guilty during a time like this. And and guilt is a feeling that often comes up uh, in trauma as well. Guilty for the things that I have. Guilty that I survived. Guilty that Mm. uh, I'm celebrating something. And I want you to also be very careful with that guilt. Uh, It can sometimes be so unnecessary and so unkind in moments like this. Uh, To add to your do lists, that sometimes to give myself some relief, I've got to do nice things for myself and other people. Sometimes I've got to enjoy the things that I'm lucky enough to have so that I can regroup and rebuild my energy uh, and be able to go out and be a beacon of light to the people in my community uh, Mm -hmm. to sustain that kind of energy, that wonderful, all those images of people out there uh, supporting, rebuilding, cleaning, 
they're so heartwarming. And, and I, I'm so grateful for, for everyone who's getting stuck in. But if you are one of those people, please also make sure that you are taking time to check in with yourself and do the things that fill you up again so that we can all go out there uh, and contribute again. It's not a one or, one or the other. It's got to be a combination of both yeah. right now. Yeah. I think for me in closing, that's really helping is following things that make me feel hopeful. Um, getting stuck in on the ground as much as I can um, really offsets my, my trauma as well. Um, and just also being aware of my breathing, something that we've been told through our whole lives but we, I found in the, in the mayhem of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that I actually wasn't breathing. Uh, I, I kept having like mini anxiety attack after mini anxiety attack. And I realized I wasn't actually drawing breath. Um, so just also to note that up on kindnesscan.co.za, um, we've got some breathing like meditations uh, just to slow down the moments, uh, just to deal with big feelings and emotions. So maybe if you want to go and try them out for yourself um, and then maybe listen to them with your kids. Um, they definitely have brought me back to that grounded space. You know, again, you know, feet on 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 in the garden, on on the grass, uh, water on the hands, on the face. Just going back to basics. Just taking it, taking it right, right back. Yeah, I think it's always important to remember that. I, I, I said that breath is the language between your brain and your body and yourself. Uh, and although we breathe twenty eight thousand times a day most of the time without even being conscious of it. In a moment like this, we can use our breath so effectively. When we take long, even breaths uh, at strategic times in, in our day, we are sending messages between our brain and our body and ourself that we are okay and that we are going to be okay. It's very natural that when you are afraid or scared or anxious that you naturally hold your breath. Okay, and that sends an incorrect message between our brain and our body uh, that we should be panicking, that we should be going into panic mode, and that's not useful. So every now and then, add that to your 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 safety plan to do list, checking in with my breath, and just taking some really nice, long, replenishing, deep breaths in and out. Mm. Oh, Jane, I see that there's yeah. um, something here. I just want to quickly touch. I know that it's nine thirty, but if we can just, I just really want to. I want. I have to talk about this. Um, I see that one of my dear friends from Cape Town's online. Hello, Georgie, uh, saying that he's guilty that he's sitting in Cape Town. And I've been dealing with a lot of friends that have um, immigrated to different countries or living in Cape Town or Joburg and Durban, you know, Britain born, and the guilt. And I've got to just tell you something that when everything was going down on Tuesday. And I went into that mother mode of we have to get out because we're going to die here. That is what my brain was telling me. Grab your children and get out. We actually booked tickets to leave and go to Cape Town. And once those, book, those tickets had been booked, I got this terrible feeling of guilt and isolation. And I can't, I can't even explain how the anxiety ramped up even more. And I knew that in my heart of hearts, I couldn't leave my community, but I was I'm wanting to fend for my children. I wanted to protect my family. And when we drove home yesterday, which was a very emotional um, journey, and as I said, through every checkpoint in every town, seeing ordinary people doing extraordinary things, by the time we drove into our gates at home in this uncertain climate of not knowing where the next egg or piece of bread will come from, Mike and I looked at each other and we were like, we're home. We can't go anywhere. And of course, Mike went out and patrolled from two until nine o'clock last night, coming back, picking up the fire drum to take back to help people keep warm. 
I can understand that guilt of people that have moved out of here, but are sitting in different spaces and places. And that guilt, that survivor's guilt. Yeah. Well, I think we've got to be conscious of the fact that everyone's safety plan, uh, the things that work for them will be different. And, and that's absolutely okay. You've got to figure out what works for you. Uh, as an emotion, uh, guilt is, it, it, it will rise up in moments like this. So acknowledge it, don't shame it, but be very careful of letting it take the driver's seat. It's not a constructive uh, emotion to have in this moment. And we've got to take that guilt, uh, try and understand what it's telling you. Uh, and if it's telling you that I want to, to help, or I want to support uh, in some ways, then find your way from wherever you are. But don't let that guilt become a beating stick uh, to shame you or belittle you in this moment because that's not good for you and it's not good for the situation. We, we've got to move through this with compassion. It's, it's just been such a pleasure doing this today. Uh, thank you, everyone who's, who's joined us. Uh, thank you to you who've tuned in to listen to the podcast. We hope that these words offer you some support uh, through these very complicated times. Jane and I will be running these sessions weekdays uh, at nine o'clock uh, for the foreseeable future, where we'll be touching on different parts uh, of this experience. Um, yeah, so please feel free to tune in over and over again. And just a note that, yeah, if you are feeling like you are needing professional support, uh, we have included the details of the South African Depression and Anxiety Group uh, in this chat. So please feel free to contact them. Uh, or otherwise, please, you don't have to navigate this alone. Be in contact with your GP or your psychologist or the people in your community who can support you. Yeah, absolutely. We love you so much. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow uh, at nine o'clock and um, just wish, wishing you a peaceful day and uh, just go gently out there. Lots of love, everybody. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.